Welcome to the Beltway Broadcast, the premier podcast for the workplace learning and talent development professionals of the Association for Talent Development's Metro DC chapter. We've got some great resources in store for you today. Hello, fellow ATDers. I'm Stephanie Hubka, and I am the managing partner of Produce Learning, as well as a chapter past president and a member of the pod squad here at the Metro DC chapter of ATD. Hi, everyone. I'm Christina Eanes, owner of Eanes Training. And like Stephanie, I'm also a past president and a member here at the pod squad. And of course, we have our producer, Helena Hodges. And for today's episode, we have a really special treat for you. Our episode today is sponsored by Find Mojo. And for this episode, we are interviewing Paul Yoakum. Welcome, welcome, Paul. Thanks. Great to be with you this morning. We are so excited that you are here. We are really excited to get into today's conversation on the science of motivation. But before we do, we would love it if you would tell us a little bit about yourself. You bet. Yeah, I'm Paul Yoakum, and I am one of the co-founders and managing partners at Fine Mojo. Uh, we have been, uh, we're a training and consulting organization. We'll talk a little bit more about that, that has created this really cool digital assessment called the Motivators Assessment. In my role, I am uh, responsible for the learning and development, the instructional design, the training delivery, and, uh, and a bunch of other things within the firm. But my background is in training, coaching, facilitation, things of that nature. And I, I love doing these, uh, telling our story, and uh, I'm excited to be with you today. And uh, I'm motivated this morning, so let's do it. <laughs> Well, I think we're off to a good start. And with your background, I think you fit in really well with all of us. We got a lot of facilitators and coaches and instructional designers out there. So it's going to be great to learn from you today. So I actually think it'd be great to start with the title of our episode for today. It's The Science of Motivation. And I would imagine that for most of us, our on-the-job success and maybe even why we might pursue success in the first place really connects to what motivates us. So tell us a little bit about what we're talking about when we're thinking about the science of motivation. Yeah, you know, when you think about the workplace today, um, it wasn't great before the pandemic, and it's, mm. it's even a little bit crazier today. Workplace stress and anxiety are at all-time highs, and productivity and, and burnout, they're, just, they're all under scrutiny today. We're, we're all feeling this weight. And so we wanted to, to approach this from a scientific manner. You know, if you, if you go out to, to Amazon and you Google motivation, there's like 15,000 books that show up. Um, if you get more granular and you talk about employee motivation, there's, I think, 5,000 books that show up. And so the, this topic has been addressed for decades. And yet it's here we are still in a state of um, kind of demotivation, if you will. Now, that doesn't yeah. mean that every day is, a, a, you know, drudgery or or. But for most of us, we don't know what gets us excited and out of bed in the morning. So we studied we conducted a 10 year study the largest ever conducted on workplace motivation. And we looked at the results of employee engagement, employee motivation surveys from more than 1 million working adults. So we're talking millions wow. and millions of data points. And we mined that data with a team of organizational psychologists, clinical psychologists, really, really smart people. And what we found is that we as working adults all share 23 common motivators. So when we talk about the science of motivation, 
We're talking about the research that we've done. We're talking about the testing and methodology that we've done and really taking a scientific approach, which hadn't really been done to this level before to really find out what drives people and gets them excited and out of bed in the morning. And uh, we can talk more about what these 23 motivators are and, and more about this assessment tool. But essentially what, what we found is that we all share these same common motivators. It's just, we all have them in different orders. The likelihood of two of us having the same 23 motivators in order, we would need a pool of at least a million people. And so yet what do leaders and management do to try to motivate people? Well, one, they treat them all the same. They try to, right. motivate, they try to motivate them the way that they would want to be motivated. And the reality is, is we're all just wired a little bit differently. And most of us don't really, we might know to some degree what motivates us, but most people that take this assessment are pretty profoundly surprised by, wow, I didn't know that about myself or yeah, that sounds mm. exactly right. And then of course, trying to guess what motivates our peers, our bosses, our subordinates is a total, it's, you know, it's, it's basically like licking your thumb and trying to guess which way the wind is blowing. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Now I did notice the assessment on uh, findmojo.com and it, it's mentions identities. So is that the 23? So what that is, so the 23 motivators, uh, and these are all positive concepts. So things like autonomy, variety, creativity, learning, excelling, pressure, challenge, even money, prestige, recognition, and on and on. What we found when we saw these 23 motivators is that many of them clustered together into groupings or what I would call cousins. And so what we've done is we've created five archetypes that are we call identities that basically show how um, our motivators cluster together. So, for example, some people are motivated more towards getting things done, being in charge, tackling mm -hmm. problems and challenge. We call those achievers. Others mm. are more motivated by curiosity and learning and creativity and variety. We call those people thinkers. Some are motivated by developing others and service and teamwork, you know, all about other people. We call those people builders. And so these five identities are essentially the way our motivators cluster together. And so when somebody takes the assessment, they'll see their motivators in order one through 23, but they'll also see their how their identities shape or fall out one through five. So there's five of those identities. Ooh, based on what you just said, I can probably already guess what I am that first one. <laughs> you know, I, I can I do the take same. It, though. I can yep. do the same, but I'd also be very willing to be surprised. Because Absolutely. It sounds to me like there's a lot of self-discovery that would yeah. come with that. So that kind of gets me thinking about what what we can do to tap into what really motivates us. So I think what I'd love to hear more about is the assessment. What is the mm. assessment like? And actually, I'd love to hear a little bit about some of the results that you've seen from working with teams or from w working with organizations um, when they're using the assessment. Yeah, you bet. And the good news is here, you know, this is a bit of a teaser, but the listeners at the end here, I'll tell everybody as a sponsor of, of, of this group and chapter how they can take the assessment because we're going to have a, a fun learning journey this year. But um, oh, wow. the assessment itself is it's a hundred questions and um, it's not a, it's not a tool where there's, there's a lot of bias. You don't really answer this, this assessment based on how you think somebody will want you to 
mm. um, to answer these. So think about mm. think about it this way. You've probably taken a personality assessment, something like a DISC or a Myers-Briggs, sure. right? Those are, those those measure what we're how we're wired. Are we introverted? Are we extroverted? Yep. How we behave in certain situations and our our personalities are baked into us by the time we're you know, eight to 12 years old and they don't really change a whole lot. Maybe a little bit situationally or maybe you've taken um, a strengths based assessment, something like Gallup Strengths Finder, right, or uh, Standout, something like that that measures our talents, uh, what we're good at. Well, what we found is just because you knew who you were and what you're good at, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're happy or fulfilled in your job. There are countless yeah. people who are super talented in what they do, but they're just still miserable. And so yeah. the motivators kind of comes in and rounds out this Venn diagram to show us who we are. So it's a hundred questions and it'll compare a couple of different concepts and you'll have to pick which one you're more is more of your preference. Now, what the motivators assessment is measuring is a snapshot in time. What's most important to you in your work right now today. Mm. So unlike our personalities and our strengths, our motivators can change and they do change quite frequently. So what's important to you today may not be as important to you six or 12 months down the road, right? And so mm-hmm. it's yeah. a snapshot in time. Let's say you take this assessment today and money isn't really a big motivator for you. Yes, you like money, but other things are more important because the money you're making is meeting your needs. But now all of a sudden you're taking this assessment two weeks before Christmas and uh, <laughs> you've just been laid off. Well, guess what's oh, important? Uh, you, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I could see that. So anyway, so 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 these 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 motivators change. We and we we didn't realize the, the level to which they changed until the pandemic. So we saw oh, that certain yeah. motivators that were low for people, things like empathy, rocketed yeah. up. We saw things that people had that were high. So for example, variety, people that got bored if things got routine. Well, during the pandemic, every day was a fire drill. And so variety, <laughs> it went from like, I crave variety <laughs> to my work to, I don't want any more variety. I've got nothing but variety. And so um, it is really interesting just to see how these change. Now to your second question, as far as the results, we have, yeah. a, we have an entire program that to us, the assessment is really just the light bulb, like the discovery phase. Mm-hmm. We've got an sure. entire program and process that teaches people how to implement the results of their assessment into the work that they do every day. We call this process job sculpting. So if you look at which mm-hmm. tasks you do on a regular basis, we'll help you align which of those tasks are fulfilling and which ones aren't. Now, it doesn't mean you can get rid of those tasks, mm-hmm. but we will, we will help you through this job sculpting process, see if you can alter things and do them differently. Maybe transfer something to somebody else. Perhaps there's something you're excited about that you've always wanted to try that you could add, of course, with your manager's help. And so we teach people how to do this. The really cool thing about this assessment tool is once you've discovered your motivators, we'll take your motivators and we'll put them on a a team profile report. It's a grid and it shows... Mm. Everybody on the team, where their motivators line up, what you have in common, what synergies you have, as well as what we call them cautions. So I just did a session last week with a leader from Wendy's, the fast food restaurant. She had had pressure at her number one motivator. She had an employee on her team who had pressure at number 23. Oh. You know where this is going, right? The employee Uh told us she was actually thinking of quitting. 
when the leader found this out, she was flabbergasted. She's like, she's my best employee. I always give these mm. tough assignments to her and she's able to get things done. Um, and, and I said, yeah, but she doesn't get excited about it. She delivers. She has the ability, but she doesn't wake up in the morning and say, wow, I hope Diane gives me an t- assignment with no lead time today. <laughs> <laughs> and then she crawls under her desk and probably cries for an hour, you know? Oh, oh, this this I get that. changed their working relationship. Now she gives her assignments that have longer lead times because she didn't want to lose this employee. She even discovered that she had some other employees on her on her immediate team that had pressure just as high as she did. So now what she's doing is she's taking assignments away from this employee, not to penalize her, but she's got somebody else who thrives on pressure and gets excited like she does. So she's removing pressure from one employee and adding it to another employee. And both parties are winning. And we're like, okay, this is this is kind of like playing chess instead of checkers here as a manager. Right. So. Um, we help leaders kind of spot these blind spots throughout their team and see, hey, wow, we usually give assignments to people based on what they're good at, but we never stop and ask ourselves, God, I wonder if they'll love doing it. So anyway, that was a pretty cool experience that we just recently had. Oh, I love that. I well, and too. could you give, that was an awesome example of a leader, you know, using that for their, their team members. What about the individual? What would be an example of job sculpting for an individual if they were to go through one of the courses? Yeah, great, great question. So I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell a couple examples. Just I'll share my own. So <clears throat> my background, I actually got my degree in marketing and I actually, for the first few years of my career was was in marketing. And as I progressed in my marketing career, I started teaching marketing classes at some of the local universities here out in Utah, where I live, and fell in love with teaching. Both my parents were school teachers, and they're like, whatever you do, don't be a school teacher. And, oh. <laughs> um, and I found, though, that it really was something not only that I was good at, but that I really enjoyed doing. So when I joined Fine Mojo, I was actually hired to run marketing. And as, as time went on, I went to my business partners and the founders of the company. And I said, listen, I, I really have an affinity for doing this. It really lines up with my motivators. And so they, we, we job sculpted my job so that I still, you know, had to take care of some of the marketing stuff. But over time, I was able to shift some of that off and I was able to add more of the training and facilitation as we rebuilt some of the training programs and products. And now today I'm the, you know, the headmaster trainer and run the training division of the company and um, and was able to kind of transition out of some of that marketing stuff. We also had a a customer service rep that worked for us who had a, he had a real affinity. He wanted to be a software developer. So in job sculpting for him, we would let him at certain times get off the phone or off the support line and work with our development team to help build out our platform that delivers the motivators assessment. Now he left us eventually and went on to start his own software development company. But I can tell you for the four years that he was with us, he was the most loyal employee that we had because Mm. we were sculpting his job in a way. He wasn't climbing the ladder in terms of role or pay, but he was climbing the ladder in terms of progression and where he wanted to go as a person. And that made all the difference in his development. So when we talk about develop, you know, job sculpting and, and personal development and things of that nature, it's not necessarily about like getting that next 
promotion per se. Some companies we work with, there's no upward mobility. But if we can help people feel like they're still progressing, I mean, you think about why people quit a job. They oftentimes, if it's not their boss, they feel stuck like they're not progressing. If we can help people get unstuck and and you know find that little bit of a spark, sometimes it's just a matter of working on a new project or working with a new team that can make all the difference in somebody's work. Mm. I really appreciate the fact that this tool encourages almost a sense of empathy when it mm-hmm. comes to having conversations because it gives people an opportunity, you know, especially leaders or managers to really think about what their team is looking for, maybe at the team level, but also at that individual level. How can you bring somebody's motivation into alignment? And I'm curious too, you know, and really I'm thinking about the leaders themselves. If they complete this assessment and they get their results and they find that they are wildly different than some of their team members. What have you seen that works for them as far as having conversations or going through activities that help them to understand that perhaps what works for them doesn't necessarily work for other members of their team? Yeah, great question. I'll go back to our Wendy's example just because it's so yeah, crazy, right? So it's a great one. The leader, the leader, um, Diane is her name, great friend of ours. She's the head of the Rocky Mountain Division. So she's got Mm. 1,200 stores. She's been with Wendy's 25 years. So she noticed that learning, the concept of learning for her ranked 21 out of 23. It was pretty low. She says, listen, I've been in this industry a long time. I feel like there's, I know everything there is to know about the fast food Mm. industry. I don't really get excited in the morning to go to work to learn new things. But when she had her team take the assessment, She has eight direct reports. All eight of them had learning in their top seven as a strong motivator. Wow. And she was like, holy cow, I'm failing as a manager. Like I'm totally failing as a manager. I I didn't realize that, you know, just because it wasn't important to me, I failed to overlook that it might be important to my team. So she has now gone out of her way to, you know, and she admits Arguably, most of these employees are younger. They're coming up the ranks. They want to learn the business. They're new to their jobs. So she has kind of changed her management approach to meetings. To She's at least able to have a one-on-one conversation with them to understand what does learning look like for you? And how can I infuse more of that into your job? She's giving them opportunities to try new things. She's sending some of them to professional development conferences. And so she is... She is going above and beyond. So it's changed her way of thinking. You know, I've got a team. Teamwork is one of my bottom three motivators. Now, it's not that Mm -hmm. I'm not a team player. I'm just my number one motivator is autonomy. I would prefer to just work how I want, where I want. Don't micromanage me. But I have a team of five people and all of them have teamwork in their top five. So they love to collaborate. And I'm like, oh, here we go. Another <laughs> but but because of that, I've had to shift my thinking and and uh, like I said, I can be a team player. I can certainly collaborate, but if given the choice, I would rather just you guys go figure it out. I'm going to just do this on my own. And so I've had to kind of change my approach because it's important to them. So for leaders, they're going to not only discover what motivates them, but they're going to discover what's important to their team. And again, it's going to be all over the map. There'll be some things that are synergistic that they have in common. But let's say you've got a person on your team and they're the only one that's motivated by um, social responsibility or service. What if I could tap into that person to maybe lead our 
charitable drive or our day of caring initiative, mm. right? There's ways that oh, you yeah. can infuse more of what they love to do in their jobs. So um, it really is. That's, I mean, going back to what we started with, that really is the science of motivation is trying to, is trying to get strategic about this versus just, Hey, everybody, great job. Here's a gift card. Mm-hmm. <laughs> By the way, yeah. be, that $5 gift card will be taxed in two weeks. So it's worth $3. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it's worth nothing, but we still love you. Absolutely. <laughs> we've all been there. Oh, now, so we've spoken to the individual, we've spoken to leaders and teams, and I know we have a lot of, well, of course, TD professionals, you know, listening and, and watching this. Mm-hmm. So let's speak to the facilitators. I noticed you had a, a certification. Can you share a little bit more about that? We do. So this, this program is a, uh, it's a kind of a unique process. So we make this claim that we will improve employee engagement within 30 days. So most of the people that mm-hmm. hire us They've just gotten their employee engagement scores back and they're like, oh, okay, we improved in this area, but we're down in this area. It's like, it's like playing, I call it employee engagement whack-a-mole, right? So it's, (laughs) (laughs) and so so we've created a program where uh, traditional classroom training is great. And that's what this was originally built at. But we found that only about, if you go through a course, you're only going to retain about 10% of what you learned in that course. And it doesn't really stick. So we've created a model that, we take leaders through a program and it's a 30 day program. And so for the first week, we're going to dig into your assessment results. We're going to help you understand what's confirming, what's surprising. The second week, we're going to, we're going to dig into job sculpting. The third week, we're going to lead it, dive into the team component. And then we're going to talk to you about how to have aspirational conversations. And we measure kind of how things are before with your cohort and how they are after. And if you've done what we've kind of guided you through, you'll see improvement. If you don't, it, you, you probably didn't do what you were required to do. Now, the certification is really cool because we have our, we have, we have over a thousand trainers now that um, you take the assessment and we do our certifications virtually. It's really cool. Um, and we do it for two hours over two different days. And so we'll put you through about six to eight hours of content, but we can do it in four hours because we'll walk you through the different exercises. We help you. Um, it's super, I always joke. It's, this is really simple and really easy to administer. Otherwise they wouldn't let somebody like me anywhere near it. Uh, and so <laughs> I can do it. And, um, and so, yeah, you come out of that thing and you, you know how to administer assessments to a, you know, a company of any size, you know how to create team reports, you know what to look for in the team report so you can coach a manager or leader. And we built it so that you can kind of do it however you want. And so um, it can scale to organizations. We've got, we've, we've got, I think 75% of the Fortune 500 have used our assessment. And we've got some of the largest companies on earth that are, you know, doing thousands of assessments a year and actually taking people through this 30 day kind of cohort, we usually start with the manager because I I use the analogy that they use in the airlines, right? If, if there's a problem and the oxygen, Mm -hmm. oxygen mass drop, who do you, who do you take care of first yourself before you can help others? If a manager is disengaged and doesn't want to, you know, they're quiet, if they've quiet quit and checked out, well, certainly they're not going to be, you know, willing to help their people become engaged. And so, Right. We start with the managers and, and try to help them find a spark in their own job. And then we give them the tools to, to, to help with their team. Smart. Incredible. I am 
floored by both the volume of information, the amount of data that you've collected that really contributes to what this science of motivation is, and also the range of products and services yeah. and opportunities that you have at Find Mojo. I have no doubt that we're going to have a lot of listeners who are going to want to know where they can go for more information. Tell us a little bit about how they can find you, how they can learn more. Yeah. So findmojo.com. That's all one word, F-I-N-D-M-O-J-O.com. And then if they put a slash and the word request, they can request a free assessment and our support team mm. will send you an assessment. Uh, usually within 24 hours, usually it's within the hour, but we say 24 yep. hours, just, just in case somebody's off job sculpting, right? So um, <laughs> but they can request a free assessment, I believe, as part of our sponsorship with this chapter. Uh, everyone's going to get the chance to take it. Um, we're going to do a, a bunch of fun webinars this year. Uh, people that want to certify will be able to certify. So it's the year of motivation with the DC chapter. Okay. So um, I love, love it. And, uh, it'll take you about 15 minutes to complete. Your assessment results are, you'll be taken immediately to the results. You can download them. They're also emailed to you. You can share them with friends, family, you know, peer. It, 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 it'll be pretty fascinating to see. As you look through, you'll go, oh, that, yep, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, the only thing I would ask is don't have somebody else take the assessment for you. I just had a, a, a boss yeah. ask her administrative assistant to take it, and she found out oh, no. the assessment <laughs> results Wow, <were> very accurate. <laughs> hmm. Well, it's, it's good insight into what people might think of you, but I don't think you want to start there. Yeah, <laughs> start I, with first yourself. Time I heard, uh, this, this assessment's completely inaccurate. I'm like, what do you mean? And I get their surprises, right? Something's lower than you thought yeah, it would uh -huh. be. Or, you know, yeah. I had a woman who had, she had seven children and had family dead last. And she said, do I just mean I'm a bad parent? And we're like, of course, oh. we're going to, we're going to, we're going to call social services. <laughs> no, that's not what it means. But, but this woman said, this is inaccurate. Come to find out she had one of her employees who had worked with her for 15 years. She's like, you know me, just take this assessment for me. Oh my and gosh. It, it just goes to show you, even though they worked together for 15 years, this employee had no clue what motivated his boss. Mm. Yeah. Well, pretty funny. Wow. Oh, that's well, I know what I'm going to do once we get off here. Today. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> Not have someone else take the assessment. I'll that's that it. <laughs> right. But we're not quite done yet. Um, at the end of every episode, we have three rapid fire questions that require less than 60 seconds response for each one. So, Paul, are you ready? Light it. Let's do it. Yay. Okay. Are you, are you motivated? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. So the first question is, what is one book that everyone must read and why? Well, one of the first business books I ever read that I think still resonates, it still sells a million copies a year is... Um, seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Mm, a great book sure. from Covey. I mean, everybody needs to read that. Yeah. So I was going to go with yeah. a Dr. Seuss book, you know, all the places you'll go. But uh, I think from a business perspective, Seven Habits, I, I still use that language today, starting with the end in mind, right? And seek first yeah. to be understood before you to understand before you're understood. So Seven Habits will always be timeless nice. for me. Awesome. Well, I do love the, the Dr. Seuss option as well. Yes, I used that I. in my presentations <laughs> course. Yep. <laughs> okay. Second question. What is one tool, define that however you'd like, that you can't live without? Well, this changed recently, but I've got to be honest. Um, Chat GPT. I, I, oh, yeah. Yeah. I have found that it saves certain time. It, you know, it's not perfect and it's not going right. to uh, solve all your problems, but 
boy, from a content creation perspective, just to get the ball rolling, uh, it's it's a pretty cool tool. And I'm, you know, I'm I'm not an advocate for or against AI, but um, I found some value personally. So right now, that's the I know it's kind of a hot a hot one, but I would say Chat GPT. It's it's uh, it's pretty wild. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Final question. What is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Um, when I was little, uh, younger, my dad would always take me and my brothers to the baseball part and he would pitch to us and we would have batting practice. And I could always tell when he was getting tired, but mm-hmm. at the end he would, you know, his, he would pitch to us. He would throw hundreds and hundreds of pitches, but he would stay until the final hit that we got was was a really good one and he always said we're not going home until we end on a good one and I've all it's always stuck with me that it's not how you start things it's how you finish and so um Mm. for me personally you know always try to end on a good one yeah I love that I absolutely love that. In fact, I've loved everything about our conversation today. Paul, we are so grateful, first of all, for Fine Mojo's partnership with the Metro DC chapter of ATD. We are really grateful for your support. But equally as important, we are so grateful for you and for your time and sharing all of your wisdom with us today. Thank you so much for joining us. You bet. No, this has been a lot of fun. Excited to be with you and, and excited about our partnership as well. Yeah, we. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to lots of great opportunities over this. I think we've deemed this the year of motivation. So I know <laughs> I am really excited about that. And of course, many thanks to all of you in our community for listening and watching with us today. And before you go, we have a message from our producer, Helena Hodges. Attend one of our upcoming programs. There are many to choose from. Simply go to dcatd.org and select chapter calendar to find out more. Would you like to be even more involved in our wonderful community? Go to dcatd.org and click on volunteer to get started. 